Broadcasting or its sponsors. Shalom. My name is Messianic Rabbi Kurt Schneider. I'm a shaliach or sent one of Messiah Jesus. I want to share with you how the Hebrew Bible or the Old Testament and the New Testament that we call in Hebrew, the Brit Kadashah, fit together like a hand in a glove to give you a brighter hope for today and confidence in your future for tomorrow. Join Rabbi Monday through Friday at 5.30 p.m. on Discovering the Jewish Jesus right here on KAAM. God is not going to be offended when you genuinely want to know which way is His perfect will. Dr. Michael Youssef. I tell you what offends God. What offends God is knowing His will, you balk about obeying it. That offends Him. Don't miss this week's Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. Weekdays at 10 a.m. and 8.30 p.m. on 770 KAAM. The United States Deputy Sheriff's Association is a national nonprofit and the largest non-governmental provider of services to law enforcement. The USDSA assists city, county, state, and federal agencies with free safety equipment donations and officer survival training along with cash donations to families of law enforcement officers who perish in the line of duty, college scholarships for the children of law enforcement, a citizen awareness program, and more. For more information on the USDSA and how you can help, visit usdeputy.org. And the truth shall set you free. 770 KAAM. The views expressed on the following program are designed to amplify those of the speaker and are not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors. Coming up on today's experience, devotional diamonds of the day, also known as DDDs, where my daily devotions become some of our spiritual reflections. Sound effects placed throughout the show, which have nothing to do with life. Some of them are very expensive, like this one, and others are less expensive like the ones that are going to come from Captain Chris. I just want you to know how much money we put into this. Uh, the bottom line to our sound effects is we do them because they're fun. That's why we do them. We review the goofy news, which proves Jesus is coming back sooner than you think. Uh, if he would come back before I finish this announcement, I'm okay. I mean, I think that's fantastic. Those that love the Lord's returning, they receive a crown. I'll take that all day long. Life lessons for our faith that we can actually use probably won't. If we're listeners and not doers, you can figure that out by just thinking about what the pastor talked about yesterday and how much you've already forgotten. That'll help you right there. Humor that will force you to think, why does this guy have a radio show? Uh, We pay the bill. And then also Bible trivia for fake and yet somehow real cool prizes, your phone calls, and more. To the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. My name is David Spoon. I will be your host for the next 5,400 seconds. Get ready for one of the more bizarre experiences on live radio. Here is the key to the show. We don't know what we're doing. 
I mean, it's really, you need to know more than that. That's it right there. We don't know what we're doing. We have no idea what's going to happen. I don't know. Do you know? I don't know. And we kind of just don't care. But for the next few minutes, I want to talk faith with you. So here we go. We're asking questions about living life as a Christian. That process. The process when after you left church and you got on the road, did you keep it going? That's what we want to talk about. If you have an opinion, a comment, a thought, or a question, we want you to have an opportunity to share it with us. We don't want it to die of loneliness. All you got to do is reach out to us. You call 972-445-0770. Maybe you have a prayer request or a praise report. You call the same number. We'll pray with you. We'll talk with you. The reason that we do that is because God answers prayers. And when we have more faith working together, that's just a better thing. So we encourage you to call 972-445-0770. And of course, when you do make that phone call, you'll be talking to Captain Chris, and then you know you're sailing in the right direction. See how good that sounds? Just, it's just natural. Uh, text us, 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Or you can email us, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org, which leads us to our website, a place that you can give, but more importantly, a place where you can get the book at a good discount, 99 cents if you have a Kindle. Not too shabby. Not too bad. Go to hemustincrease.org. Website, he must increase.org, he must increase.org. Email David at he must increase.org. Facebook, he must increase ministry. YouTube, he must increase ministry. Now, I want to actually open up uh, talking about something because we had somebody who listens to our show on a regular basis as one of our supporters. So reach out, send a, uh, an email to me, letting me know that some of the prayers that we've been praying together, the Lord has answered. And so it's it's a blessing. And see, the thing is, sometimes people want to share those prayers publicly, and sometimes they want to keep them private. If you want to keep them private, you can email me. You can go to the website and send it. There's a form there that says Contact Dave. There's different ways to do it, and I'll be praying for you. I mean, it's not like I'm going to sit there 23 hours and 59 minutes of the day praying for you because I like to eat, so that's probably not going to happen. But the idea behind that is that we pray and we have faith together. If any time, at any point you do that, you contact us, and you do have something that you want people praying for, we have people that pray, we want you to be able to reach out to us and just give us updates, because that helps us know how to keep praying with some wisdom. It's always a good thing. Okay, the last thing I want to say before we get into our uh, material, we'll do our Bible trivia in the next segment, is one thing I have noticed, this trend that is going on. So I've been in media for 10 years, which is 10 years too long. And the idea behind it is I always watch little trends. Here's the new trend, and I want you to be aware of this. The new trend is that all the news outlets, not some of the news outlets, all, okay, how many is all? All the news outlets are now doing stories about other news outlets. Not kind of, 30%. And that's an enormous, enormous, enormous amount. So my encouragement is if you're a person that gets into the websites and gets into news and you listen to all that and you're hearing stuff about other news outlets, I just want you to understand the height of narcissism that that is 
And when you're really happy when another news agency takes a blow on the chin, you're way too involved in the worldly process. Pull it back. Build the kingdom of God. It's not about Jim Acosta falling on the on the floor off of a banana. I'm just trying to tell you that. Okay? All right, just being honest, let's get into the text. We are in Colossians. Remember, I switched it up from Thessalonians and Colossians. Did Thessalonians last Thursday. Now we're doing Colossians, and this text is fantastic. It says this in Colossians. We are in chapter 3, and we're going to look at verse 23. Whatever you do, work at it with your whole being for the Lord, and not for men, because you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Let's stop there and just kind of pick it apart, or what do they say now? Let's unpack this. I mean, so that's one of the things that a lot of pastors say, which is fun. Here's the bottom line. Whatever you do, whatever you're working at, you do it with your whole being. Yesterday at our church at Stillwater Community Church, Pastor Kurt, he taught on uh, praising God with your whole being. Really important to understand what that means because you think, uh, my whole being. You're talking about a green being? You're talking about a string being? No, your whole being, which is what? Your heart, soul, strength, and mind. How are you supposed to love the Lord your God? With your heart, soul, strength, and mind. So how is it that you should be uh, serving the Lord? With your heart, soul, strength, and mind. What's your heart reference? Eh? Most For many people, that's where your feelings are. <laughs> Some people, eh. but for most people, the heart, soul, or your feelings, your, your, your heart, your soul, your inmost being, that personality part of you, separated, by the way, than your spirit, your soul is who you are at the core on the inner being. Your soul is eternal. Your body is not eternal. Your soul is eternal. So the bottom line is that we worship the Lord our God and we work for the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our strength. What do you mean strength, Dave? Physical body. That's your strength. Yes, you can do have fun with that and evaluate how strong you are through a gym. That's fantastic. But the idea is that you use your physical strength unto the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, which means your thoughts. That means that your thoughts are committed to doing the work of the Lord and loving the Lord. So whatever you do, work at it with your whole being for the Lord, your heart, soul, strength, and mind. And then it says this caveat, which is really important, and not for men, which is the nice way of saying what you do for other people to be rewarded by other people is the biggest waste of time you could possibly think of. And by that, I mean this. It's not that serving other people is bad as long as you do it unto the Lord. But serving other people to get praise from people, that's wrong. You serve the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the one that you are trying to honor. By what you do to bless other people, you do that as unto the Lord. Now, this last little section is a just a terrific section because we understand this being in this type of society where it says in verse 24, because you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as your reward. So many people often talk kind of humorously about, oh, I wish I had a rich uncle. If I had a rich uncle, what would I get? I would get a big inheritance. I wouldn't have to work. I'd do this. I'd do this. And many people have the inheritance fantasy pie in the sky living in their mind. 
The Lord is telling us, hey, there is an inheritance that you have. It is real. It's in the hand of God. It comes from God, which gives you the assurance that it will actually happen. It's not pie in the sky. It's not wondering. It's not thinking. It will happen. Do you get any of that inheritance now? I think a little. I think you get a little bit. Even the prodigal son got it up early. I mean, you don't know. But I think you get some now. You get most of it later. Why? Because it's for eternity, so that lasts longer. Remember, the best investment is the one that gives the most and lasts the longest. So if you're getting from God, it gives the most and it lasts the longest. Just that simple. So I encourage you and I encourage myself. I've been involved in, in, in inheritances before, and I've been cut out of them. <laughs> And, and I received a little bit of it, but it was uh, about 10%. So here's the bottom line. Not even 10%. But here's the bottom line to that. Whatever we do, we do it unto the Lord with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our strength, and with all our mind. We do it with our whole being. We do it in that way when we worship. We do it that way when we work for the Lord. We do it that way when we love the Lord, which is God's wonderful way of saying you can't keep any part of your life separated away from me. Anything. You think, what do you mean Anything. Anything, all of it is unto the Lord. And you do it for the Lord, to honor the Lord, to glorify the Lord, and to, at least in the minimum capacity, communicate to the Lord your appreciation for the Lord. You don't do it to get the praise of people because the praise of people is nothing but a very temporary and very dangerous lie. And we know who the father of lies is is. We do it so we can receive from the Lord an inheritance that is guaranteed, safe, and secure for all eternity. Ah, You have to love that. All right, folks, we'll take a break and come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Most of my life it feels like I've been running. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at the end of the year indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax-deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Or in Proverbs, where it teaches that a generous person will prosper, whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can. Right here on KAAM. But I know what kind of hours I've run 
Uh, what can you do? Well, you, you recognize as your brother that just hearing you say that I hoodwinked you is, of course, satisfaction for me alone. So it's not like I need something beyond that. I think that works for me. And it's on the air and it's recorded. Back to the dust with thee. The David Spoon Experience. You may be from a Baptist background, a Pentecostal background, a non-denominational background. David Spoon has that too. You may be from the Church of Christ, Presbyterian, Methodist, Church of God, or some other denomination. But if you're looking for a show that's Bible-based, spirit-led, and a bit nutty, then give David a listen for a while. If you like it, great. If not, no worries. The David Spoon Experience. On God Country, Texas, 770 KAAM. David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. All right. I hope you guys had a good weekend. I hope there was some honoring there for the people that had given their lives and for the things that our country have been been through in the last 20 years. It has been some kind of ride uh, from everybody's point of view. Let's do our first trivia question, see if you guys can get this one very straightforward, so nothing nothing sneaky yet. When Mary of Magdalene first saw the risen Jesus, who did she think he was? When Mary of Magdalene first saw Al, stepping in before I even get it finished. Good job. Good job, bro. Praying for you often. When Mary Magdalene first saw Jesus, who did she think he was? That is the question. If you think you know the answer, you can call in 972-445-0770. Or you can text in 214-210-8483. You can send an email to David at he must increase.org. Okay. Uh, we're going to do our DNA because we haven't done DNA in Saturday, Sunday. By the way, I do want to point out that Steve, one of our faithful listeners, said, Dave, you're wrong on your math. Right? I mean, this is how bad I am, right? I've done this for two years. Well, actually, let's say, all right, let me explain it to you. On Friday, the show will be two and a half years old. But we started the 90-minute versus the 60-minute broadcast on January, like, 11th, okay? So this particular, particular boo-boo is really from January 11th, but all the way. He says, you keep saying 72 and a half hours. He goes, it's 70 and a half hours because 72 hours would be three full days and then minus an hour and a half. <laughs> See? You see why I didn't go into math? You see, you see, you see, you see that? I'm asking Captain Chris. You see, you see why I stay away from that realm? It's like, I was like, oh well, for two years I've been doing that wrong. Math is hard. Yeah, math is hard, right? I mean, if it's if it's addition or subtraction, uh, it's okay if I can do it in a food capacity. But once you start getting real numbers in there, I don't know. Okay, uh, let's do our DNA because that is what we are made of. Uh, DNA, D stands for draw closer to the Lord. Daily. Daily. 
daily, daily, daily. Did you go to church yesterday? Great. You should be listening today. If you're listening today, you're doing a great job. If you're not listening, you should be listening. Oh, wait. Well, you couldn't hear that because you're not listening. That's besides the point. The point is this. Draw closer to the Lord daily because you need to spend daily time with the Lord. Give us this day our daily bread. Never be ashamed of Jesus or his words. Never, 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 never. And then A, always be ready. To serve. To serve, which means that you're doing it towards other people, not towards yourself. You're being sensitive to the Lord, connected to the Lord, and willing to be used as a vessel of the Lord, and using that, focusing, thinking on other people's problems. You know the problem you're going through right now, the one you're going through right this second. You want to reduce its power real fast? Stop thinking about that and get involved in other people's issues. That's just, I mean, that's crazy. Nope, that's not crazy. There's all these little things like that that are just throughout Scripture. Like, they're so practical. It's like, well, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. All right, uh, trivia question. A lot of people are answering, and we'll ask it one more time. Uh, when Mary of Magdalene first saw the risen Jesus, who did she think he was? If you think you know the answer, you can call in. Or, and then you call in, you call 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483, or you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. We're rolling for a Monday. I'll tell you that. Now, this next portion, people are going to go, maybe not quite with that high wine, but in that ballpark. Okay. Here's the next portion. This is actually the closeout on Colossians chapter 3. So we just did 23 and 24, which was, or which we were teaching, is whatever you do, work at it with all your whole being, with your whole being, with all of you, which means your heart, your soul, your strength, and mind. Do it for the Lord, not for men. You're serving the Lord Christ, not mankind. You're now, I know you want to serve mankind, but the real serve mankind comes from the Outer Limits episode where they were all on the, on the spaceship, and it says to serve mankind, and it was really just a cookbook because they were going to eat people. Here's the bottom line. The bottom line is you serve people by honoring and serving God with the right spirit, you do it unto people, not to get praise from people. Because of that, you have an inheritance that will never fade away, a reward from the Lord, which is like, that's as good as you get right there. There's a reward from the Lord. Okay, A little rhyme right there. Verse 25, and the challenge, and here you're going to get a little bit of education, a little bit of theology. Whoever does wrong will be repaid for his wrong, and there is no favoritism. Now, just stop right there. Whoever does wrong will be paid, repaid for his wrong, and there is no favoritism. Okay? That's what it says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 25. Can't change it. Not going to change it. You can think about Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, which says, What a man sows, that shall he also reap. And then in your brain, you're thinking, you know, I've seen that show Earl. There's something about Earl or whatever that is. And he goes on this whole long thing about karma and talks about karma and this and karma that. And it's like, yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. Except what Earl doesn't tell you is that causality karma, which means that you do something and then something happens in reply because you do that, that came about around 600 B.C. Biblical causality, quote-unquote, karma, 
came around 500 years earlier. So nice try. Not exactly how that works, how karma works. And people are like, Buddhists are like, no, no, we have karma in our writings long ago. Had nothing to do with reciprocal in any capacity. Didn't have to do with causality. Simply had to do with deeds. That's 100% wrong. Okay, so it's just, yeah, that's wrong. Here's what's right. The scriptures, 500 years before they came up with it in any way else, and, and actually before that, because if you get into it, Job talks about it, and we're not even sure of the date on Job specifically, and just for the fun of it, it's already in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, uh, uh, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, but I just it's just easy to use um, Ecclesiastes and Proverbs because it's just, just, just so many references to it. And here's the bottom line. What a man sows, that shall he also reap. That That is a principle. You're not going to change that. You do something that's really uh, malarkey bad, you're going to get uh, you're going to get uh, zapped for it. It's a nice way to say it. Now let me help you out. Well, does that mean that you're going to get your just due in regards to the sinfulness that you've created? No. Because God has mercy, and what is mercy but the sustaining or the postponement or the delineation of what you deserve? That's what mercy is. In other words, you deserve to get blasted, but God has mercy. And what what does the Scripture say in James 2.13? Mercy triumphs over judgment. So you have judgment and you have mercy. In one corner of the ring is judgment, and the other corner of the ring is mercy. And then they meet in the middle, and mercy hits the uppercut. (laughs) And down goes judgment. Can you get it? All right. Is that helping? (laughs) Okay, good. Somebody on the phone to answer a trivia question. I should probably stop right now before I fly off the handle. All right, uh, let's uh, bring them through. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hi, David. Hi, Mary. Yeah, I thought somebody would call in, but nobody is, so... So there you are, and we're looking for the answer. We know you're going to know it, because I have great confidence in you. So here's here's the question. You're welcome. When Mary of Magdalene first saw the risen Jesus, who did she think he was? The gardener. That is correct! She thought, that's the gardener. And it's like, yeah, see? Yeah. That's another interpretation right there that people see Jesus and think he's somebody else. <laughs> it happens yeah. all the time, right? How you feeling, by the way? Oh, well... I could be better, and I could be worse. So, you know, I'm sort of in between the two. So I thank the Lord I'm I'm uh, better than I could be. Okay? Yeah, that's fantastic. See that attitude, Mary? That's why people learn from you. Because you it could be worse, and you're doing better than worse, and so you thank God for where you're at, not, not complain about where you're not at. That's great. That's a great oh. picture. Good job. How's your head doing? Is uh, it healing okay? Yes, it is, and thank you for asking. It was a couple of days where I was walking around, and I felt like I had a, a birthday hat on the side of my head. Uh, but we got through that, and my wife's been checking it very closely every every couple of hours, actually, because uh, she's, oh. she's just worried about me. Oh, I and, hope I wasn't. It, it was. It wasn't it really too is. bad, but afterwards, when I did get home, because the the 
the, the Tylenol or the ibuprofen wore out. Afterwards, I did have a headache, but on the outside, not the inside. <laughs> okay. But I'm doing better okay. now. Okay. Well, I'm I'm glad you're doing okay. You had to go back to the doctor and have it checked again? Yeah, but just for the checkup. Everything looks really good. So I'm really blessed that it, it, they did an excellent oh, job good. right off the bat. Good. So, yeah. Praise the Lord for that. Amen. I'm okay. very, very thankful. All righty. Well, I'll, I'll let you go, and we'll, we'll be listening, okay? All right. Thanks, Mary. God bless. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Ah, she's so great. All right, so there you go. It was the gardener, and I always I like this in the sense that I don't know. I mean, I, somebody will have to correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't know how close she was to Jesus. But I just find it amazing, you know. You, what are you looking for? Who are you looking for? It's like, well, I'm looking for this guy, Jesus. And it's like me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But she saw the guy. She didn't see it, and it's just like I, I always, just in my mind, think. You know, people look, but they don't maybe, maybe, the Lord has to help you dial in. That's kind of what I think it comes down to, in order to really see it. So anyway. All right. So you guys heard my rant and rave about the whole karma thing. Just uh, don't ever get caught up in that causality karma about 500 years behind uh, uh, Solomon. Just just in case you're wondering. All right. We're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. Top of the hour. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. You know, it's not just the audience that needs stuff. Sometimes the host needs a little bit of a, you know. A little Tell bit me the of... show's all about you. Well, this segment is. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's not about the show. But I would say this segment, and it actually has a title for the DDD. It's called Joke Time. Is Christian humor allowed in teaching? We've actually had complaints. You know, oh, you can't teach the gospel and use humor. That's why Jesus called uh, James and John the sons of thunder, because it wasn't a humorous quip. You're right. Uh, Pretty bad exegetical process, but let's look at it. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 22, Proverbs 17, 22, a joyful heart is good medicine. A joyful heart is good medicine. You've heard that before. That's not new. You know that's the case. But what happens is people take these unique interpretations in Scripture, and they think that it applies to all processes. So somebody actually said to a member at our station, you can't use levity in the gospel proclamation because Paul says you can't do it in 2 Corinthians. And it's like, "Eh, wrong answer. This is why we do the thing called read. That's always fun. And uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 7 says this, in case you were trying to figure out where did that word levity come from, it's only in one translation. It's actually never used in any other capacity. But here is what he was talking about. Was I fickle when I intended to do this? Or when I made my plans, did I make so in a worldly manner in the same breath as to say yes, yes, and no, no? The only time that the potential word levity is used is when Paul is talking about meeting with the Corinthians. And the one interpretation you could use is, was I using lightness? It's not really the word for levity, just in case you're wondering. But was I used, did I use lightness when I made my plans with you? In other words, was I kidding around when I made plans to come see you? No. That's what Paul said. Not, you can never use humor. So whoever kind of swapped those two together really, really needs really needs to like relax 
I think that would be the key. And then for those that are just curious, you know, when the gospel talks about, this is kind of one of those classic things, when the gospel talks about making declaration and the foolishness of preaching, the word is moria, moria, from which we get the word silliness. So Paul's like, yeah, preaching the gospel for the Greek people and for the Jewish people in large, it's kind of like a silliness thing. Yeah, that's what he said. The David Spoon Experience. 770 KAAM, Garland, Dallas, Fort Worth. (laughs) And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's marvelous, monumental, most fascinating, massively mind-bending Monday as we join our hearts and minds in one accord. Not the car, but one accord to draw closer to the King of Kings and glorify his name. First, if we consider the words of our enemy, the devil, as he tried to prove that Job was an unreliable follower, we find an interesting truth. In Job 1.10, it reads, Have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? So even counting all the warfare and the troubles we face, God has an extensive hedge edge around you and me. And we have to remember how much does not get through. Next, and now, Lord, what can we say? As Ezra is praying for Israel and himself, he does not go into a self-justification mode. He owns the sins of God's chosen people as his own. A little wisdom for us holier-than-thou people. That is specifically regarding God's people. He lays the problem squarely on the command of God being forgotten or ignored and shares in the ownership. Wow. And finally, every land has a few, even if only a few, righteous people and usually many sinful people. An example would be Sodom and Gomorrah. But we need to understand that in the mind of God, defilement of the land is not using its resources ever. It is the sinful practice of the people and being sanctified or set apart for God is not allowing the sinful people's philosophy to be our own. Otherwise, there's no difference between us and them, and that's not good. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations, spiritual observations. My life's insanities annoyed they. So much more. How much more, Dave? A lot. A lot? A lot. Yeah. We're asking you, what do you think? You can email us, david at he must 
org. That's David at he must increase.org. You can text us 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Or you can call us at 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. If you do that, you'll talk to Captain Chris and you will be sailing in the right direction. There you go. Now, as you know, our our show format, any topics open for conversation. I do a lot of talking, but it's still open. You can ask questions. You, you might have a comment. You might have a thought. You might have something that's kind of just, you know, kind of rattling around in your mind going, I was kind of wondering about this. Maybe, or perhaps you have a praise report or a prayer request or even an answer to Bible trivia. Here's your Bible trivia question. It'll be a true or false, so you got a 50-50 going here. True or false, Peter's northern accent gave him away. Peter's northern accent gave him away. Remember, there's no horn. It is not a trick question. Peter's northern accent Gave them away. True or false, if you think you know the answer, all you got to do is reach out to us. You can call 972-445-0770. You can text 214-210-8483, or you can send an email, David, at hemustincrease.org, which, by the way, leads us to the website, which we want you to check out, hemustincrease.org. Website, he must increase.org, he must increase.org. Email David at he must increase.org. Facebook, he must increase ministry. YouTube, he must increase ministry. All righty. So now I'm going to help you out because of how many people have answered and they're all freaking out because I used the phrase northern. Let's just scratch that. Okay. I'm going to make it easier for everybody and uh, never second guess yourself, Al. Okay. But here's my, here's my response. Ready? True or false? Peter's accent gave him away. How about that? Does that help you? Peter's accent gave him away. Okay. Like the girl was like, uh, 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 that's what gave him away. Now, if you think you know the answer, now you can respond. 972-445-0770. So I think they're talking about when he's, you know, warming his hands at the fire and, you know, did his accent. Okay, there you go. Now everybody's getting it correct. So See, this is my fault because I asked the wrong kind of question. See, when Jesus asked a question, he asked it perfect, okay, or he stated it perfectly. When I do it, it's a mess. That's all I got to say. All right. What are we doing? <laughs> We're supposed to do teaching? Oh, okay, we'll do that. Don't forget about the uh, trivia question. See if you can answer that. Uh, don't forget uh, about, you know, definitely getting enough courage for those of you that have never done it to share praise reports. Those are very encouraging to people. And I want to encourage you to do that because your answer or an answer to what you're going through blesses other people and encourages their faith. And that's kind of an important part and process of the Christian fellowship. Remember, this is not your church, but this is a fellowship, and we enjoy each other's company, so to speak. Here we are, Ezra chapter 9. I just finished off, by the way, the rest of the study for Nehemiah. There's some really fascinating material in there, but let's pick it up from Ezra. Uh, as remember last week, we talked about uh, the Lord brightening our eyes and granting us relief, and he revived us and enabled us to do his tasks. Now we're in this next portion, and he says this, uh, the Lord, he's, he's, he's revived us so we can, we're able to rebuild the temple, and we're able to repair its ruins. And then it says this in the text in verse 
9 of Ezra 9, he has given us a protective wall in Judah and Jerusalem. I want to state something that I don't think it's talked about a lot, or if it does, maybe just not in the circles I'm running in. But everybody knows about praying that prayer, oh Lord, put a hedge of protection around. I mean, we've heard that statement uh, multitudes of times, and it does come from Job 1.10, where Job, uh, in that story, Satan is challenging God. He's going to lose, but he's challenging him and says, well, look, the guy's not mad at you, or he's, he's not you know rebelling against you because you have a hedge around him. Let's take that hedge away. Let's see how he acts then. I think that's a great truth, a great glimpse into the Scripture and a great glimpse into the spiritual warfare that goes on. I understand that in the hedges that we all have, there's stuff that gets through. In fact, I grew up in Detroit in Southfield, Michigan, and then West Bloomfield, and everybody had hedges. So the big thing is we would throw the ball through the hedges, right? And uh, the parents would eventually scream at us for destroying all their you know, foliage and stuff like that. The idea behind this is for you to understand that God has you protected. And then you think, well, I know, but so much stuff gets through. Nothing gets through that God doesn't allow. I understand. Let me explain something. From the human point of view, we don't understand what does or doesn't come through or how or why or from the divine point of view, God's omniscient. There's nothing that is catching God by surprise, period. You didn't tell me he'd let me go through that trial? Yes. Wait, let, let me back it up for you. Jesus was crucified. That was part of the plan. So that, I, I don't want to hear it. Okay? I mean, there's the rest of it's rubbish. And so the idea behind that is to understand that the Lord has given you, uh, uh, you know, people will say that statement. And I want to be careful when I say this. The Lord allows things through. Those things bring you to a place where you have to be fully dependent on the Lord. The response, God will never give you more than you can handle, comes out of 2 Corinthians, and it has to do with temptation. It doesn't have to do with particularly trials per se, and sometimes God makes it absolutely impossible for you to respond to it so that you have to fully give up and yield to God so that he's the only one that can do it. In fact, Paul in 2 Corinthians 1 makes a, a pretty good argument about that, said we had the answer of death if we relied on ourselves. So it's not that God gives you the ability, but he gives you the option for you to know how to handle it. And the option is, here it is, God, you take it, I'm not touching it. It's all you, let me know. And the idea behind that is to understand that sometimes things happen in your life that you can't handle individually, but of course with God you can. What I want you to catch is the miss, and that is there's so many other bad things that can happen to you at levels you cannot imagine. And when, we, when, when I say that, I use Scripture as my reference. When that hedge was lifted off of Job, he not only lost his finances and his enterprise, but he lost his children. That was pretty serious. He lost everything, and then his physical body was being attacked. So I want you to understand how much that hedge of protection really is there. And when the Lord allows something to come through, he's going to work out that plan. It will work together for good because that's the kind of God we serve. That's what he makes in the Declaration of Scripture. Does that mean it's all always fun every time you go through it? No. But it still will get to the right place. you got to hang in there from time to time, even if it's frustrating. And you're not the only person that gets frustrated, so we get it. The idea behind this is to pr appreciate exactly, I think, what Mary said, to appreciate 
what we do have instead of complaining about what we don't have. So she's right in between where she wants to be and where she could be, but she's appreciative that she's not where she could be. So she's thankful for where she's at, per se. We should be thankful for the protection we do have because it could be a lot worse from our perspective. Now, the Lord's not going to let that happen uh, except for what's within his framework and in his plan. But I want you to get how much actual protection you do have. If the demons and Satan could do bad to you on an often basis or terminate you, they would. But God keeps you because you are because you are his and a light for him to others okay all right all right take our break and then come back we'll do the trivia when we come back you're listening to the david smooth experience right here on kwam 770 the truth station here in texas short break don't go anywhere just as i am you reach down Are you sitting there at home on your computer? Are you driving along in your car just listening to the radio? Is that app for this station working for you? Don't you wish you could reach people for your business? Introducing the Commercial Whammy. It slices, it dices, it cleans up dirty spots, lickety split, and makes julienne fries. And right now, for a tremendous discount, you can have a Commercial Whammy too. All you need to do is call KAAM or send an email to davidspoonmedia at gmail.com and BAM! You have your own Commercial Whammy before you know it. Call now and you can get a second commercial whammy for half the price. That's right. Call now for your very own commercial whammy. 972-445-1700 or email davidspoonmedia at gmail.com. Don't delay. Call today. Operators are standing by. My next guest has been on the show before with a prior book. I'm very excited to talk to him about this book. I've seen a couple of the interviews that he's done and this book is a great apologetic book on Christology, and I'm hoping that people will really enjoy this. First and foremost, let's welcome back to our show, David Lima. David, how are you doing, sir? Great. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Excellent book, by the way. Big props for writing Thank The True you. Jesus. Uncovering the Divinity of Christ in the Gospels. I, I know they give me a list, and I know you know they give a list for us to ask questions, but uh, if you remember from the last time you were on the show, I, I rarely look at that list. <laughs> so just, no, that's good. That's yeah, because I'd like to get from, from you as the author, you know, kind of where it was going and what you were thinking. So let's just talk about at the core level, you know, for the purpose of writing this book, what was the big goal you were trying to accomplish in writing The True Jesus? Well, I, I started out, I wanted to write a, a, a primer, a survey, an introduction to the New Testament. And as I got into it, I realized that I could not cover it adequately with sufficient depth. So I asked the publisher regularly if I could narrow the focus to just the Gospels, uh, because the Gospels are where you see the living Son of God and you encounter Him, uh, and you, you sit at His feet and, and hear His teachings and you watch Him, uh, and you observe His behavior and His authoritative teaching and His empathy for human beings, and you see His declaration of divinity. Uh, and why he, uh, he, he led the, the Jewish authorities to want to crucify him, because he was, in fact, claiming to be God, because he is God. And so I want his divinity and his full humanity to, to jump off the pages uh, in, of my book. And it, the book is a, is a compendium of the four Gospels in a consolidated account, not attempting to be a harmony, which uh, you can't totally do. Uh, in, in a roughly chronological form, 
the ultimate goal, and with with a running commentary, the ultimate goal is I want people, I want to inspire people to read the Gospels and the Bible for themselves. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Uh, this is very rare we get a Monday that's just fun. I mean, just enjoyable and whatever. And if you guys aren't enjoying it, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's not me. Uh, I remember this Christian comedian. This, this guy, his name was Adam. He did this wonderful job. He goes, he, he, he was kind of doing a conference with us, and he goes, he goes, uh, so let me help you out, and I'll show you how to you know, really get, get things. It was just like, like a conference for booking comedians and so on and so forth, because I was involved in that for a little while. And he goes, he goes, uh, where are you from? So I said, Detroit. He goes, I'm sorry? I said, Detroit. He goes, no, I'm just sorry. <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> I love stuff like that. All right, the answer to the trivia question was uh, Peter's accent gave him away. The answer is a lot true. <laughs> It is absolutely true that his accent gave him away. Uh, much more likely northern. I think people will, will, if you read it, I think you understand that Galley was north uh, to grab that. But, yeah, his accent gave him away. It is true. Okay, here's the next trivia question. Now, this one you get a little bit of room in. Okay? You can see where the direction we're going in on some of this is. Name one, you can name both, but name one of the two ways the tomb was made secure. Name one of the two ways, okay? There were two actual ways it was made secure. One had to do with inanimate stuff, and two had to do with uh, animated stuff. Okay, so in other words, I'm trying to give you the two things, okay? So there was uh, – actually, there's three now that I think about it, technically. Okay, there's one of three answers. Just answer the best you can. Uh, in fact, what's really funny is all three answers have just popped up on the phone. Uh, name one of the three ways the tomb was made secure. Okay, I'll leave it there. And uh, with that, you can either call in. 972-445-0770, or you can uh, text in 214-210-8483, or you can uh, send an email david at he must org. It does look like somebody's going to answer this. Wow, that's fast. Okay, hold on, hold on. Here we go, here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hey, David, it's Deborah. Hi, Deborah. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing today? Good. How, what's the update on Susie? Do we have any word from her? How's she doing? Yep. She came home from the hospital, and um, she's okay. Um, you know, it's going to take a while for her to get better, but she's she's okay. All right. Well, so thank everybody for, for your yeah. prayers. Awesome. So that's good that at least she's home from the hospital, but everybody needs to keep praying because she's not out of the woods or anything like that. But that's good that she's away from there. So hopefully. Yes, uh, that, sir. And good. also, I was going to say, you know, don't worry about the number thing because I'm just like you. <laughs> if it's simple addition or multiplication or whatever, I can do that. But you get me into big numbers and I'm I'm gone. I'm lost. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> terrible, right? It's like you're sitting. I, I, I'll never forget uh, when I was in the class. Class, they like college class, and they said, "Well, you need this to graduate." And I was like, "This could be, <laughs> this could be, this could be bad." 
<laughs> I just reduce everything to food now. It's easier. That's all. <laughs> all right. There, here you got a classic one of three potential answers. It's really kind of funny uh, that you can do it in one of three ways. So name one of the ways which the tomb was made secure against uh, against what they were trying to protect it, against what they assumed were thieves. Well, um, of course, the big stone that was placed in the front of it and then the angels that were guarding it. Okay, and what what for the Roman government who was there? Who were the representatives guarding it from the Roman government? Oh, oh, the, oh the guards. That's right, and then there was one other thing that uh, um, people will use uh, to close out an envelope. What what do you use to close an envelope? What do you do? Is oh, seal it? Yes, that's exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, so there were the angels, but there were the soldiers. Exactly what we we're looking for was soldiers, the seal, and uh, the rock. That was that's the, oh. the the three things. But that okay. was that's what you. But you got it. That's exactly what you. Ended. So we'll give you a, a secondary uh, ding 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 ding. <laughs> Good job on that one, and we appreciate that. And thanks for the update, by the way, on Susie. And just keep us posted so we can know what's going on with her, okay? Okay, thank you. God bless. You too. Bye-bye. Okay, Deborah checking in with us. We always need that help. Okay, got that answer. Good job. All right, now I have jokes. These are not – I can Christianize these, but I'm not going (laughs) to. I can make them Christian, but, I mean, they're not. They're just funny. Little one-liners, okay? If you don't like them, by the way, you gotta, you're gonna have to some way. You gotta, you know, approve or disapprove. You gotta let me know. But I really thought that some of these were really, really funny. Okay, now, now the first one, people are gonna get offended with. Stop it! It's a joke. Okay, it's a joke. Okay, ready? Tell me what you think of this one. My husband and I divorced over religious differences. He thought he was God. I didn't think that. <laughs> That's pretty good. Don't do uh, I don't suffer from insanity. I enjoy every minute of it. <laughs> These are pretty good. I used to have a handle on life, but the handle broke. <laughs> uh, okay. Now, this is for a worldly point of view, so relax. Don't take life too seriously. No one gets out alive. Um, this is a, I don't know if we should do this one. Uh, okay, yeah, you're just jealous because the voices only talk to me. <laughs> ah, waka, waka. <laughs> All right, uh, a journey of a thousand miles begins with a cash advance. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the last one. Ham and eggs, a day's work for a chicken, a lifetime commitment for the pig. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Sometimes you just gotta, you just sit there and you go, "What is that gonna do with me?" Nothing, nothing. And I, and I'll say this, and I'll actually just. Here's the thing. The thing is, there's so much that we take in, and some of it's just, oh, it's horrible, right? I mean, it's just horrible. That sometimes it's just just take it take a break. I I really believe deep in my heart that Jesus separated in that communion with the with the Father to be less not polluted but less uh less uh splintered by the world. Less like little sp- 
splinters or arrows, whatever. Whatever it is that you, the cause that you're in, I promise you, if the Lord tarries, I don't know that he's going to tarry, but if the Lord tarries and it's 30 or 40 years, let's say it's 50 years from now before the Lord comes back, whatever it is that you're caught up in won't even exist. It just won't even be there. All right? I mean, it's like, no way. All right. All right. Here's something that I do want you to get. And I think this is, uh, there's a way to teach this that's appropriate. Okay. And I'm hoping there's a way to teach this that's appropriate. So in, uh, in the next verse, when we're talking about Ezra chapter nine, verse 10, it says this, he says this, and now, oh God, what can we say after all this? For once again, we have ignored your commands. There's not, it's not a positive, except there's something really interesting about this. When he says, now, oh God, what can we say for once again, right? Once again, once again, we have ignored your commands. And why that's important so, so that you can understand is it wasn't like Ezra ignored the commands of the Lord, right? I mean, if you read this text and you see what he's talking about, he's he's in this prayer time, and we love this prayer time because in this prayer, so far we've taught about 11 principles out of this one prayer, which just is just fascinating, full of material. But he says, well, God, what can we say after all of this? For once again, we've ignored your commands. And what I pull out of that, more so than anything else, besides the 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 faithful believers of God abandoning what they should have held into, is is Ezra's ability to co-own even though he didn't commit. And that, I think, is a true heart for the people of God. So let me explain that because I don't want you to feel guilty, you know, about things you don't shouldn't be feeling guilty about. But when the not when the world misrepresents, but when the church misrepresents, it hurts all of the cause. And I'm not trying to tell you how to, you know, intercede or whatever, but I am saying is if you share in that and petition the Lord, he notices that. He notices that you take it on. So sometimes I'll pray and I'll pray, Lord, you know, forgive us for being a terrible witness. It might not be my particular witness on one particular day, but it's all of our witnesses. And we all need to share it. That that's really the biggest thing is to share it amongst one another as believers. All right, do we have somebody that has a comment, a question, or a pizza? Okay, all right, go ahead. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hey, David, this is Al. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, Al. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Hey, I want to I wanna run something by you, and I ran it by Chris, so if I get in trouble and get upset <laughs> listeners, okay. you have to run it by you. You're going to have to get mad at Chris, okay? Okay, hold on. Putting Not down me. blame Chris. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> All right. So I have a coworker that sometimes I have to tell bad news to or to correct her. And so whenever I correct her, She's like, oh, Jesus. And I'll say, now, look, I'm not Jesus. I'm Al. (laughs) And she says, well, Al, quit correcting me while I'm praying. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I thought thought, she turned that around on me. (laughs) That is outstanding. That's pretty good. That's a great way to do that. I gotta say, I, I told her I said, I said, you know, you turned that around on me so quick. I did not expect that coming. <laughs> you know what? That is a brilliant way to do that. I'm gonna say that. That's <laughs> that absolutely brilliant. And and I actually know where I'm gonna use that in the future. 
<laughs> Excellent. Anyway, pal. I just thought I thought I wanted to get, tell y'all that. And so anyway, y'all have a great day. All right, thank you, brother. Excellent All job. I would take a break and then come back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the Truth Station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. But I want us to get this specific scripture, and it's really important. It's Romans chapter 4, verse 18 through 21. It says this, Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed, and so became the father of many nations, just as it was said, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, his faith he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Hey, it was not... Oh, impossibility. God gave him a promise when he was 75. It didn't get to fulfilled until he was 100. 25 years between promise and fulfillment. God made sure he was good and dead before the promise came about so that when Isaac was born, everybody knew it's amazing. It's a miracle. Exactly. And and it wasn't that Abraham didn't know he was ha- he was old. He faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old, 99 before the conception took place, and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Verse 20, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. It doesn't say that Abraham went through this and turned around and yelled at God and complained. He gave glory to God. He knew God could do this. And he believed that the promise that God had given him was important. And he held on to that, even though facing the fact the circumstance was completely wiped out. Guess what? God showed up. I'm telling you right now, you can tell me all you want about circumstances and situations and your feelings and your processes, but I am telling you, when God shows up, according to Scripture and according to testimony, to the law and to the testimony, the Scripture says, to the prophets and to the testimony, here's what you got to be aware of. When God shows up, changes everything. And you're thinking, well, will that happen for Easton Scott? I hope so. But guess what? If my daughter spends her whole life believing and Easton's whole life believing that God can step in and this can change and that may yet happen, she's not done a bad thing. She's raised a child with this gracious hope. If God decides not to do that, instead of complaining about it, it's about giving glory to God, believing that he knows what is in our best interest, even when we don't understand. And yes, I get it. There are tough things. I went through a a, a myriad of tough things, and I'm surprised. First of all, I'm surprised that I'm still alive. Second of all, I'm surprised that the Lord brought me through any of them. I don't deserve it. I'm not worthy of it. But he did it anyway. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. You guys are doing a great job today on the trivia and on the comments. really are. I'm serious. It was a great job. Makes it fun. It's like you're thinking, boy, I wish most days were more like this. Like, yeah, 
Yeah, me too. Uh, okay, here is the third. No, wait, I already did that one, didn't I? Uh, oh, this is why this is harder. Oh, a little harder. Okay, all right, all right. Now, there's a difference between Aramaic and Arabic. Okay, so for those that don't know, s- stop making that mistake. Please stop making that mistake. All right, when Mary of Magdalene recognized the risen Jesus, what single Aramaic word did she say to him? Okay, do you understand that? Right. Just, just make it sure everybody knows, okay? Okay. When Mary of Magdalene recognized the risen Jesus, what single, what single Aramaic word did she say to him? There you go. Uh, if you think you know the answer, you can call in. Where are we at? 972-445-077. Somebody's already calling in. I'm not even finishing the, the thing yet. Okay. 972-445-0770. Uh, you can also text in, but you don't have a lot of time. Uh, 214-210-8483. And then you can also send uh, email david at hemustincrease.org. Uh, and then, uh, finally, if you want to send an email to complain, we have a new complaint email line. It's, uh, gee, Dave, I really don't think that's funny, and I really don't like you, and I wish you'd get off the radio at gmail.com. It's only up for about 10 more seconds, but if you can get it in there, uh, you'd be a winner. Are we ready? Okay. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hey, this is Brother Ace. Hey, Brother Ace. How are you, my good friend? I'm hanging in there, buddy. I'm doing good. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm a good run today. Yeah, that's what I want to hear. I, yeah, I praise the Lord. I'm praying for you every, every day. Every day. One of, my, one of my first and foremost prayers is for you, my brother. Thank you very, very much. Right. You got it. All right, here you go. Now, this is a classic, not difficult, but just uh, I, I think the moment is overwhelming and people don't recognize the moment. Uh, when Mary of Madeline recognized the risen Jesus, what single Aramaic word did she say to him? What did she say? Uh, I want to say Rabona. That is correct, Amanda! And Rabona has that has kind of like it's one of those bigger words. It could be it could mean from our point of view, master, teacher, director. Uh, 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 it also has a connotation to Lord the 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 Kirsko word. And it also has this understanding of you know the the one. It has that the one kind of mentality. Yeah. So that's just like yeah. oh, master. And it's just like. That to me is I, I of all the texts that we talk about, especially when you get into Easter, that that she said Rabone after he said Mary. Mm-hmm. I just find that mm-hmm. to be the most dynamic el- element of Christian faith. It's like Jesus says your name and you get it for whatever mm-hmm. reason you get it, and then you go, Master. Rabona is kind of an uh, an uh, extended expression of who Rabbi is. I guess in a sense, like you said. That's right. And and what's great about that is that was the the usual expression was that that it has a general teaching element. But remember, this teacher was dead and now he's alive and it's like, oh yeah. she's oh, like, yeah. You are you are the rabbi. You are the one. That's right. Awesome. Yeah. Good job, Thank brother. You. Yeah, good to talk to you. Good to hear your voice. All right. Good to hear yours. I always praying for you. Keep us posted. If you need anything in prayer, you let us know. We'll be on it. I appreciate it. Thank you for the general prayer you give me. I appreciate you got it. it. <laughs> you got it, bro. All right. All right. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye.
Love brother. I love everybody. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's, you know, it's easy to do it that way. All right, we got history. The only reason we're doing history is because I write them. If I'm going to write it, I'm going to share it. That's kind of how it goes because there's effort. <laughs> so if, if I'm making effort, <laughs> by golly. Okay, so let's play history sound. Let's go Okay, there are a couple of absolutely classic uh, things on today's history. Classic. Okay, let's start off with this. First of all, it's Bald is Beautiful Day. <laughs> I said, I didn't say brilliant, I said classic. There's a big difference. It's, get this, National Kids Take Over the Kitchen Day. You know, I want to know where this was when I was raising kids. Where was that? National Kids Take Over the Kitchen Day. That'd been nice. I'd have been good for a peanut butter and jelly sandwich every once in a while. That'd been fantastic. It is National Peanut Day. There's a lot of stuff going on today. It's Uncle Sam Day. Uh, okay, and that's because in 1814 on this day, the Star Spangled Banner was written by Francis Scott Key, even though he wrote it in the wrong key. That's not the point. That's the point is it's wonderful. And then uh, also it's Fortune, fortune Cookie Day. Now, there's some Christians that have a problem with fortune cookies because they think it's like mystical or whatever. And it's like, one, it's a fortune cookie, people. I mean, they give it to you because they just charge you $9 for a $1.50's worth of food. Okay, so they're trying to give you some benefit. Number two, my favorite fortune cookie in the world, which I had and lost, is In God We Trust All Others Pay Cash, which is a classic. And then number three, the classic fortune cookie, one of all time. Help me, I'm stuck in a fortune cookie company. <laughs> Fortune cookies. Come on. That's <laughs> hilarious. All right. And then the last thing, which I think is worthy of note, is this on 1969. 1969 on this day, Scooby Doo, Where Are You? The mystery machine gets rolling when the TV series Scooby Doo, Where Are You? premieres. It should have been first in your list. I know. <laughs> Right? Scooby, Scooby, Doo, where are you? I mean, come on. Even as an adult, you have to like that. I don't care what people do with it afterwards. It was just fun. Right? Okay. All right. What are you doing? Back to teaching. Okay. <laughs> Some, Joy sent me a picture of a fortune cookie. <laughs> you guys. Okay. All right, let me go to this next portion of the text. We just finished. So now, oh God, what can we say after all this? For once and again, we have ignored your command. So this is Ezra owning what other people are doing. He's he's taking it on. And I think that's really I, – I, I, I don't want to say this weird. I don't think you should be guilted into something like this. I think it's sharing the burden. Like when the church – when somebody in the church – Pentecostal, Baptist, Methodist, whatever it is, Church of Christ, doesn't matter whatever the group is, okay, Presbyterian, whatever, they do something awful, it hurts all of us. It hurts all, the whole class. Now, it's not going to change Jesus' church. Jesus isn't going to go, oh, no, what am I going to do? I mean, Jesus is building his church. Ain't nothing going to stop that. But it, it's a painful moment, and we have to acknowledge that and just say, okay, well, Lord, help us all. And that, that's what I think that ownership is. And then he says this, Your servants, the prophets, prophets, warned us the land we would possess was totally defiled by the detestable practices of the people. In 
our society and our quote-unquote woke culture, which is certainly much more of a joke than it is reality, or political correctness, which, which really stands for progressive corruption, the idea that the earth is, Earth's resources are the pollution of the land is, in the mind of God, the farthest removed. I mean, it's, it's not even in there. They're all like, they're all like, uh, and then they, then this one, uh, you dropped a Snickers candy on there. God's going to curse the, the land. God will destroy a land because of sin against God. He makes it clear. He only states that about 50 times in that ballpark where he's like, look it, you're polluting the land, you're sinning, you're committing adultery, you're committing murder, you're committing homosexual acts, and you are defiling the land, and I got a message for you, I ain't happy. The idea that the land is defiled is understood that the land is defiled by the wrong acts, by the wrong behavior. And when Ezra mentions, you warned us, God, you told us we're going into the land, and the people are—they're just—they—they—they destroy, they pollute your land, they slander your land by committing sin. You warned us ahead of time, and Christians who go into the process and buy into that philosophy have missed God by a mile. I'm sorry to say that. The, the reality is that it is our sin, it is our behavior that is world-like, it is our unrighteous acts that pollutes the land. God gave us the earth and the resources therein to utilize. He even tells Israel that. That's the thing that just kind of drives you nuts. But what he doesn't want is people sinning on his land. And my concern for our country, I love our country. Our country is so, you cannot gather with the freedom we gathered with yesterday in China right now. Can't do it. If you you went to if you went to our church yesterday, we had it online. Uh, if you went to any of the churches uh, uh, and you went in person, you went online, did all that stuff. If you did that on China and you hit in China right now, and you had more than a hundred people, you'd be on a list. That's not good, right? We have tons of freedom. I love this country, but we have a lot of sin in innocent blood on the land. And there, don't you think for one second God's going to go, oh, well, it's America. I'll just ignore that. That ain't going to happen. He didn't ignore that with Israel. He's not going to ignore it with America, right? Uh, remember that whole thing, what you sow, so shall you <laughs> what you reap? So, so, I mean, I'm just saying you, 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 you're going to get for what you give kind of mentality. I always get those backwards, by the way. All right, we'll come back and we'll finish up, but I want you to think that through. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. 
to continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at year end indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously, or in Proverbs where it teaches that a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can, right here on KAAM. What is the David Spoon experience? Jonathan and David were closely knit, and David made a commitment to Jonathan, and Jonathan said, I don't. I want you to make sure you're not going to take any kind of wrath or any kind of vengeance on my kids, on my family, on my uh, people, and David made that commitment. What I want you to get in 2 Samuel chapter 4, verse 4, is that Mephibosheth is an offspring of Jonathan, and he was crippled or he was lame. He couldn't walk properly. He couldn't, you know, function properly. He was at a tremendous disadvantage. And I remember when the preacher in North Phoenix Baptist Church looked at his audience, and just to give you an idea how big this church was, it, it the the auditorium seated like about five thousand. So it's like huge, right? And he looked at he looks around at everybody. And then he says this. He said, you are Mephibosheth. And I was thinking, what? What? And he goes, you. And you know, I'm thinking in my mind, but he's just he's preaching. And he's a, oh, was he just one of the best preachers? You are Mephibosheth. You are lame and unable to walk without help. You're here when I need you the most. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Let's get ready to do our very last uh, trivia question. Okay, okay, all right. So I got to set this up because it's a little, it's a little vague. So you know, most of you guys know I have like, well, I have multiple trivia question books. And sometimes the questions are wrong, so you have to be careful about that. And then, uh, but then uh, sometimes they're a little vague. So, in the New Testament, among the epistles, this is me helping, okay? In the New Testament, among the epistles, okay? Not that many to choose from author-wise. Who wrote about Jesus dying on a tree? You get that? So, in 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 the New Testament, in the epistles, no, the epistles, not the wife of an apostle. The epistle is a letter. In the letters, who wrote about Jesus dying on a tree? If you don't know and you want to look it up in your concordance, I love that. Do that. Just don't, you know, just don't use a search engine to do it because then you're not really 
I mean, that's not really good. Look it up. You can look it up and give an answer. You're welcome to call 972-445-0770. You're also welcome to text in 214-210-8483. And then you can also send an email to david at hemustincrease.org. It has been a while, but we are going to do a Greek word. So let's have our Greek sound. All right, uh, wait, wait, baklava. Okay, got it. <laughs> you got to have a Greek something, right? Euros, right? What's what's another Greek kind of food? Is there something like a Greek? What, they, what else do they have? What else they got? Feta? Feta, yeah. Okay, see? First uh, Timothy, or sorry, Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. I want to make sure you get this. Uh, and the reason I'm bringing this one up in particular is just because what's going on all around us. Uh, but know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. Boy, I think you can just sit on that scripture for a while. Know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. The word perilous is chalipos, or it's kalipos, sorry, kalipos, kalipos. And it means harsh. Savage, difficult, dangerous, painful, fierce, grievous, hard to deal with. So know this, in the last days, perilous times will come. Difficult times, dangerous times, painful times, fierce times, grievous times, hard to deal with times will come. That might be a good understanding of where we're at in society, it's probably not the worst thing in the world. Okay, now, again, the epistles. Who wrote, and here's your only hint, who wrote uh, about Jesus dying on a tree and it wasn't Paul? There. That's just, boy, that's narrowing it down, is it? It sure is. Okay. All right, before we do anything else, we'll give people a chance, by the way, to respond to that as soon as I find the number that I put over to the— Okay, 972-445-0770 if you want to call in, 214-210-8483 if you want to text in or david at hemustincrease.org. So I want to talk about something. I want to share something Uh, kind of personal, okay? So we're going to kind of go not off the book per se, but— out of the text, and we're just going to talk for a little bit, and you just guys can just pray for me. So first of all, I need prayer, just like everybody else needs prayer. And my prayer requests are, you know, I'm trying to uh, wind down on the school. Got about four and a half weeks left of this last class. Then we go into the project. I've taught you guys about the project. And so the pressure builds. I think it's building and so on and so forth. And then uh, Noel, she's going through a lot. She's going through pressure at work just because— they, you know, they try and get as much out of her as they can. It's <laughs> kind of a nice way to say that. And so, but we're doing great, and you know, we're fantastic. I mean, she's just a love of my life, and and that part's good. But you still feel external pressures, external things that are going on. In the meantime, uh, I've been working on a couple of projects, which I'm going to reveal on Friday. A project that we haven't talked about yet. That you will be like, what? But I want to say that I spent a lot of time in it, and it was kind of exhausting. And so this morning, I don't know if you've ever done this uh, before, but I woke up grumpy. Have you ever woke? Have you ever woke up grumpy? Have you ever like gotten up out of bed and, uh, yeah, 
Have you ever felt that way? No, never. Never? Everybody, you should hang out with Captain Chris. He's the only person in the United States of America that has not woken up grumpy. Uh, and I think everybody gets that he's uh, being not just sarcastic, but very sarcastic, right? Very. Just a touch. Just a touch. And so I woke up grumpy, and, uh, and then I was trying, you know, me and computers, it's just a bad. It's just not my magneto powers were working and everything was falling over. I couldn't even get into Dropbox, which is like, okay, that's good because that's where all the files are that I needed for this project. And what I did was, uh, you know, I kept stalling on spending time in the Word to try and get this stuff done. Okay? I'm just telling you what happened. So then I thought, okay, you know what? This is a del- this is like just delaying me, delaying me, delaying me. And I thought, you know what? I'm stopping. I'm going to stop this. I'm going to stop my own um, the what the OCD, ACD, uh, ADD, uh, just everything, ESPN, the whole. I'm just gonna stop doing whatever I'm doing. I got too much stuff going on, so I stopped, shut it down, and I picked up the Bible. and And right now, I'm doing a Second Timothy. I just finished the first time and doing a Second Timothy, closing out Second Timothy, and I'm reading, and I I spend my time in the Word, and I notice that when I'm done. I am not the same person than when I started. And it is not because I am spiritual. I promise you uh, that is just not how that goes. It's because God, through his word, transforms our minds and our hearts and enables us to change and to endure and to rise above. I mean, it's just all of it's there. And there's so much I want to be able to say about that and be careful about it. And don't get the wrong impression. I'm not one of those people. I don't believe the Bible is God. I don't like that. People be very careful about that. It's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit wrote the Bible. So just don't get weird on it. And yes, the Holy Spirit can still speak to you. He's still speaking to people. But you always use the Bible as your final authority. So that makes it easy. The Lord's like going, well, I'm going to teach you things, but you're a little wacky, so I don't want want you to go off on the wrong edge of things. So, you know, the Word of God helps us in that. I spent time in the Word of God, and I'm just telling you, you know where it says, the, and we've talked about it before, that <clears throat> the law of the Lord is perfect, able to restore the soul. The Word of God is so powerful because it's the breath of God, because it comes from the Spirit of God, which is the very thing that gave Adam breath in the first place. It changes us. It changes the dy- the dynamic of our existence and who we are. And I, my biggest desire for the people that listen to this show is that you draw closer to the Lord. And if you are a person that spends 5 or 10 or 15 minutes in the Bible, my biggest passion for you is for you to spend 16 minutes instead of 15. And if it's 5 minutes, that you spend 6 minutes. And if it's 30 minutes, that you spend 31 minutes. And if it's an hour, then you do an hour and a minute. Just one minute more. One inch closer, one step closer. Because as I'm going through these projects, there's one thing that I've really discovered. And I, I just, I know you guys know this is true. I know in my heart you will absolutely get this. The answer is always more of God. That's what the answer always is. If the Lord is more involved, if He's more a part of, if He's more connected to it, it works. 
and when he's more of a part of it, I'm not talking about the religiosities. I'm not talking about the levels of attendance or the levels of giving or any of that. That stuff works itself out as you, as the influence of the Holy Spirit works in your life. I'm talking about this passion. I think that A.W. Tozer wrote, really just wrote it so well when he talked about King David saying, that as the deer panteth for the water brook, so my soul longs for you. That, that thing right there. That the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That God is in charge, got it, and I'm connected to him who's in charge. Everything's fine. And it's hard uh, with all the influences and all the things and the peoples in our lives. and Some good, some not so good. <laughs> but the answer is always more of God, period. And, and I would encourage you, after I got out of that, then I went into prayer, and uh, Joanne and Cordelia said that they were praying for me. They don't know, but that was right about the same time, and the prayer was just lights out fantastic. Changed my whole mind, changed my whole attitude. I didn't even care about the drive-in. That's <laughs> pretty good. I just, I just am trying to communicate to you from the depth of my heart your real answer. <clears throat> I, I love that you like the show, and I love that we bless each other and laugh and but the real answer is more of him. It always has been. It always will be. More of God, period. And if you need to go to two extra Bible studies to get to that, just do it. It's worth it. That's all. That's all I'm going to say about that. Okay? All right. <clears throat> that was from the heart, right? Okay. All right. Uh, who wrote the epistle? Who wrote? Uh, about Jesus dying on a tree, and that's going to be Peter. Now, I did break it down for you, so it could have been, it could have been the author of Hebrews, James, Peter, or John, or Jude. Those were the only ones left. I'm just saying because I said it wasn't Paul. Uh, Peter is the one who wrote that about Jesus dying on a tree, uh, just so you can know. That's a great reference. Look it up. It's definitely worth the review. All right. Love you guys. I need you to keep praying for me. I will keep praying for you. We will keep going forward and we will encourage and strengthen one another as we see the day approaching. And yes, it is approaching quickly. You've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break, 70 and a half hours, and then we'll be back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. The views expressed on the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors. Are you putting in the work to know the Word of God? Now, there's no magical way to understand the Bible, but it is not impossible. As a matter of fact, it is joyful, it is thrilling. And so we want to talk to you today about how to understand the Word of God. Join us for Adrian Rogers' series, The Bible, The Book of the Ages, this month on Love Worth Finding. Now at 11 a.m., weekdays on 770 KAAM. Hello, this is Steve Gregg from the Narrow Path Radio Broadcast. We're a live broadcast each weekday afternoon, and we try to answer every Bible question.